Hi, welcome to the Aerospace Industries Association of Canada's podcast. It's hosted by me, Mike Mueller, Senior Vice President of AIAC. In each podcast, we'll be exploring topics of interest to our sector by interviewing leaders in both the Canadian and international aerospace industry and relevant thought leaders in order to provide timely perspective and context in the world of aerospace in Canada. AIC is committed to serving its members by being the bridge between industry and the government while bringing industry together, acting as its voice. Hope you enjoyed the pod. Well, welcome everyone to the Aerospace Industries Association of Canada's first podcast. Throughout this COVID-19 crisis, AIC continues to be at the forefront of the industry's response and coordination with government. If you haven't already, please check out our AIAC.ca website and become a member. My name is Mike Mueller, Senior Vice President of AIAC, and I'm pleased to be joined today by some accomplished leaders within the aerospace sector in Canada and at AIAC. Joining me today is Keith Donaldson, Vice President at Apex Industries and Chair of the AIAC Board of Directors, Lee Opst, Managing Director at Collins Aerospace and Vice Chair of the AIAC Board of Directors, Janet Wardell, President and CEO of MHI Canada Aerospace and Chair of the Board of Directors COVID-19 Committee, and Pat Mann, President of Pat Lawn Aircraft and Industries and the past Chair of AIC and Champion of Vision 2025. So let's just jump right into the conversation. Janet, you've been leading the efforts to address some of the concerns as Chair of the COVID-19 Committee. Can you give us a bit of background on the committee and what are some of the priority areas that the government needs to address in order for our industry to come out of this crisis in a position of strength? To be a cyclical industry, and we've experienced challenges before, but nothing like COVID-19 pandemic. The demand for flights is dramatically reduced, as everyone knows, which has led to orders being slowed down or even cancelled. When it became clear that this pandemic was going to affect aerospace the hardest, the AIAC put together a specific COVID committee to work together to collect the information from all sectors, aerospace, defence and space. The first meeting was held on the 17th of April, and in just over seven weeks, we've been able to reach out to our members that represent 95% of aerospace activity across Canada through a survey to ensure we heard from all size companies and sectors. Along with the survey, we also did town halls to collect data to help us build on our vision 2025 that was compiled over the last number of years. We're not looking for a bailout. We're asking to partner with the government to help get people flying again. Through the collaboration with all our members, we have shared with the government through a meeting with the House of Commons Finance Committee and a letter to the Prime Minister for immediate action. We need to ensure job retention actions to consider the long lead times and recovery time of our industry. It has been said For every month of closure of an aerospace company, it takes up to a year for us to recover. We also need rapid expansion to support for green technology, particularly in transportation and aviation. Aerospace needs a long-term bank investment to support and foster essential manufacturing for the entire supply chain. We need the government to expedite public procurement projects to stimulate high-tech jobs and sustain high-tech supply chain. We as a country need to catch up with other countries like Australia, the UK and the United States and work with government to support aerospace as a sector separately from other industries. 
we want to partner in the government to help us build this sector strategy to get us out of this COVID situation. Excellent. Thanks, Janet. Thanks for that background and some of the key points that came out of the committee. Thank you and, and everyone for your hard work on that. So maybe just a question to everyone. We have an open letter, as Janet said, to the government calling on them to address some specific concerns that the industry has with respect to COVID-19 and especially the need for our sector to be identified as strategic and the need for a sector strategy. Can you all maybe just comment on the letter and why, from your perspective, we need these items addressed? And maybe I'll start with you, Keith. Thank you, Mike. That letter we addressed to the Prime Minister and also to the Minister of Industry, Navdeep Baines, is a key for this industry. As Janet mentioned, we have, a sh- we have some short-term issues. And the short-term issues are we have to get people flying again and feel safe again. And then we have the real key issues here is this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. This industry is going to take a long time to recover. It's got a highly skilled workforce that we do not want to see go away. And the challenge that we face is these jobs, they're not just, they're not going to disappear. They'll disappear from Canada and then go elsewhere. So we really need to, to look at all the aspects of, of this letter. Thank you, Mike. Great. Thanks, Keith. And the comment on the global nature of the industry is absolutely critical. Pat, if you could give some context too, that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Well, you know, there's really lots of good reasons for both our industry as well as our country why our industry needs to be considered strategic. And in my opinion, the the key reason behind this really relates to the mobility of many aerospace companies in Canada. As we all know, we're involved in a global market. Almost all aerospace companies in this country export And many Canadian aerospace companies also have operations in other countries. And it's also true that many other governments around the world are significantly more focused on aerospace than is our government. And if that continues to be the case, and we're not considered strategic, aerospace companies in Canada will have no choice but to exit. And that's really not a threat. It's, it's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And it won't be good for Canada, Mike. It won't be good for technology development. It won't be good for jobs, skilled jobs. And it won't be good for our GDP. You yeah, know, Pat, I agree. You see a bit of a patchwork happening across the country. And we really do need that federal leadership at the national level. Lee, any comments from your perspective? Yes, thank you, Mike. I would certainly want to echo the comments by Pat and Keith previously that we are in a global aerospace sector that is highly interconnected and interdependent on each other. Canada, in part, was founded on aviation to explore the north and connect people. And that hasn't really changed. Unlike Europe, Canada does not have a high-speed rail network that can connect people quickly and easily across country from coast to coast to coast. We are dependent on air travel uh, to make those connections. There's an old adage in, in the military that says, you know, every country has an army theirs or someone else's. The same can be said of aerospace industries and airline operations. Canada can choose to have a strong, robust aerospace industry nationally and a national uh, airlines that are nationally registered and operating and serving the needs of Canadians, or we can be served by others. Right now, other countries are making major investments in aerospace to stimulate their economy, to plan for the future as we come out of COVID, and to have a strong and robust sector that provides tens of thousands of very high-paid, high-tech, high-skilled jobs. 
we want to be part of that. Excellent. Thanks, Lee. A very good points. And as somebody who's driven across the country a couple of times, I can attest to the need for a strong and vibrant aerospace sector. Absolutely. And your comments on Canon specific is, is very key. Janet, maybe just to close out this session, any final thoughts with respect to, to the COVID-19 committee and, and the letter? I'm just going to build a little bit on what Lee ended on, and that's on the jobs, on high-skill jobs. So give a little context. Over the last four years, MHICA has increased our organization by more than 300 high-skilled jobs. We've brought the equivalent of 400 of those jobs to Canada through our supply chain. This pandemic has our organization looking to reduce by 45% with lead times being long and cancellations of orders not affecting us until the future. We're going to need help in the fall and need the government to understand how our industry is different and why we need an aerospace strategy as outlined in our letter to the Prime Minister. We have so many high-skilled mechanics and engineers, which we've actually trained in-house to help fill the gap that we had in 2018. We need help to retain those employees and their skills so that they don't go to other countries. We rely heavily on the Canadian supply chain to help us meet our requirements, and they will need our help too. Help through support their employees and help with long-term investment. This will help us all build a strong foundation to get us through this downturn and ready for new opportunities. And again, if I could just talk a little bit about the procurement aspect. We've been working really hard with the government about a Building Canada approach for defence projects. We at MHICA can help facilitate this through our supply chain, but need the help of the government to expedite decisions on our Canadian defence procurement plan to help mitigate the loss of these high-skilled jobs. As I said before, one month of closure means one year to recover, and MHICA is looking at about two to three-year recovery of the commercial aircraft industry, so we need help now. And we need Canada to understand aerospace is different, and now is the time for our government to see this and help us through the worst downturn that aerospace has seen. We need people to start flying again. The government needs to help airlines to reinstate safe, help us get comfortable back on an airplane. Excellent. Thanks, Janet. And, you know, that's something that we heard throughout our consultations and that you heard too, part of the COVID-19 committee, that the real strength of Canada's aerospace sector is our is our workers and the high-skilled talent that we have here. So I, I couldn't agree more, you know, with what we've heard for, as an association as we've gone through this process. Maybe, Pat, last year you were the chair of AIC and really put into motion the Vision 2025 exercise. And we released that report last year. Can you just give us a bit of context and explain to us what the motivation was And in light of COVID-19, is the report still relevant? And should the government partner with AIC on the vision recommendations? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Well, as we've already mentioned, you know, we're not just competing with other aerospace companies around the world. Our industry and our partner in government, we're competing with other countries. And right now, our industry is ranked number five in the world, but we're slipping. We're losing our global competitiveness. So the motivation for Vision 2025 was and still is, it still is relevant, Mike, to bring this reality, the fact that we're slipping in global competitiveness front and center to the attention of our government partners. And frankly, what we really need, and it's already been mentioned, is a sector strategy that builds on our many strengths and capabilities 
and enhances our ability to compete with other countries. In fact, the recommendations that we made in Vision 2025 could easily be the foundation of that sector strategy. And finally, Mike, as we, as we all know, many of the countries that we compete with already have well-oiled aerospace sector strategies in place. Thanks, Pat. You know, it's interesting when you do look across the world, you know, other countries have identified aerospace as being an absolute strategic sector. And I think a lot of the frustration from the industry, as you had mentioned, was the government not choosing to move forward with the supercluster dedicated to aerospace and some of the watering down of the sector specific programs that were there. So, you know, in, in light of those items, it's even more critical for that sector strategy. Couldn't agree more. Keith, you're you're the current chair of AIC. And could you have ever expected a situation like COVID coming? I, I mean, in, in all seriousness, you know, from your perspective as chair, how is the industry, how is the COVID-19 crisis impacting the industry? Well, that's a that's a fairly large question, Mike. Certainly, uh, we've heard words unparalleled, unprecedented, once in a lifetime, and could we have ever expected? I think the answer is no. When you reflect back in January and February of 2020, the aerospace industry worldwide was on quite a roll. It does had some, Janet mentioned, a little bit cyclical nature, but those up and downs were really small. We were headed for a 10 to 15 year growth, especially in the civil aviation side. The world was traveling more, a lot more middle class were being created in places like India and Brazil and China. So we were, we were, on, a, on, we were on our path. Now COVID comes along and is thrown, that, thrown quite a wrench into that. One of the things that the AIC did is we, we had some town halls. We wanted to hear from the membership right across Canada. We had one of the defense industry, aerospace, civil aerospace, and of course our space industry. People tend to forget space a lot. And we, those were held in May. And really in the last month, it's, it's, it's becoming very evident of the length of time, as Janet mentioned, it's going to take to recover from this industry. And this is threatening to devastate a highly skilled workforce, which is going to hamstring our industry's eventual recovery. Again, this, the, the urgent need to take action today, not, not later on. The defense side and the space side, why are we keen on that? Why, why are we focused on that? That comes up quite a lot. This is an area where the government has direct control. Really, in the civil side, it's a lot about policy and some support. But on the defense and the space, this is where the government has direct control of the purse strings. And by helping Canadian companies focus on that and, and doing whether it's, whether it's approving export permits, whether it's accelerating certain aerospace or space programs, this spending that the government can do can act as a, a bit of a bridge, if you will, in the short term. With many, many companies across Canada, and I'm not talking about just the 10 or 15 big ones. I'm talking about the thousands of small, medium enterprises that are in the aerospace industry that most people wouldn't think about. So this type of spending for these companies who have both civil business and defense business can act as a bit of a, a bit of a bridge. And so when I look back at where we were in February, where we were today, yes, it is unparalleled and unprecedented. Well, Keith, it's been definitely an interesting time. And and again, on the defense side of things, there is an opportunity for the government to double down and not slow down those procurement 
because as you say, it definitely helps out the industry as a whole and we need all the help we can get right now. Uh, Lee, just on the on the innovation side, because there's always talk about innovation, you know, do we, do we need that? You know, what's the payoff, et cetera? And you're the chair of AIC's Technology and Innovation Committee, so you have a pretty good sense and a pulse on these things. How critical is it for the government to support innovation during a downturn or a critical time like COVID-19? So thanks for that, Mike. It's absolutely critical to emerging from the current crisis to be in a stronger, more robust industry to be able to compete globally. There's probably three main areas. You know, and the government has done a really good job and has been focused initially on protecting the health of citizens. So that was an absolute necessary and making sure that people had the funds and needs to meet the immediate crisis. As the government moves forward and we start to look into the recovery phase, though, this is where innovation becomes even more important. And I see it kind of rolling out in three distinct phases. First and foremost, as we've already said, to have a viable aerospace industry, you need viable and robust airlines and air travel to return to somewhat normal levels. In order to do that, the most important factor is reestablishing traveler passenger confidence in the safety and the safe environment in the airlines. In order to do that requires, again, innovation. We're going to have to think differently about how we board and, and process passengers safely and effectively getting through airlines check-ins through touchless check-ins, touchless baggage handling, more automated processes to speed up and avoid long queues to get into the aircraft, better means of sanitizing and cleansing aircraft inside through all kinds of lighting technologies, air purification. There's all kinds of technologies that will be required and innovation required to bring that in a cost-effective manner into the airline industry. Secondly, it's not lost on the aerospace industry at all. The need to continue to make advancements in green technologies to reduce our carbon footprint, improved fuel management systems, more automated systems that give enhanced and more efficient operations, and alternative means of power through hybrid electric, possibly even fuel cells or other means that will generate a whole new generation, more efficient energy-efficient air travel. Canada's already a leader in this area. You look at the Canadian-made C-Series, now A220, designed and developed in Canada with engines from Canada that is a leader in its industry and its class in terms of fuel efficiency and reduced carbon footprint and noise. And then thirdly, I see innovation is required in the area around automation and the use of machine learning and artificial intelligence, not just in manufacturing, but in actual aircraft operations. And, of course, as we move and look to the future in terms of the more use of drone technologies to deliver supplies or deliver medical aid, going even further in the future into urban air mobility solutions. Canada, again, it could be a leader, but in order to be so, you need to participate, and you need to participate in the global aerospace economy, which is driven in a, to a certain extent by large OEMs. You look at programs like going on in Europe around clean skies with a 3 billion euro investment that are being made, or development of UAS centers in Australia and in the States and other parts of the world. And in order to participate, Canada can't build these systems on our own. We need to collaborate and participate in order to do that we need to bring innovation and solutions to the table. It's very hard to join a major program like that when you come to the table empty-handed. So we absolutely need innovation. Now's the time to make those innovations to position for a strong, effective recovery. 
Thanks, Lee. Agreed on the the longer term investment on innovation is absolutely critical, and it would be an absolute shame to give up that competitive advantage because of the longer lead times and have that pushed out. Maybe just to to everyone, just to close up here, and I'll pose this question to everyone. If you had an opportunity to provide advice directly to the political leadership at the federal level, what would that advice be? I think we've seen some common themes, but if you could just sort of sum that up, that would be greatly appreciated. Janet, we'll go first with you. So I think I would take a minute first to remind the government of the $25.5 billion aerospace adds to the economy, including the 215,000 jobs. And of that industry, 80% is exported. If other countries are having government-supported strategies for aerospace, it's going to be much too easy for those jobs and those dollars to be taken out of country and brought back to the countries that originated them. We need the government's help now in order to build that sector strategy to help us with our Vision 2025. We obviously realized as AIAC that this was an issue that was going to hit us. We didn't realize how hard and how quickly it was going to hit the aerospace industry until this pandemic hit. But if I could just remind the government of those jobs, and those jobs are high-tech, high-skilled jobs, the type of jobs we want to keep in-country. Thanks for that, Janet. Lee, any comments? Yes, I, I would encourage the government to help to facilitate by bringing industry, airlines, Department of Defense, Transport Canada, together to the table to really seriously debate and put together a national aerospace strategy. Excellent. Thank you, Lee. Pat? Yeah, I have two pieces of advice, and I think one kind of crosses over with Lee's suggestion. My two pieces of advice are both short-term focused, pragmatic, and quite doable. First, I would suggest that our government works with the airlines, the airport authorities, and all other relevant groups to put together a plan where people are comfortable to fly again. I mean, we did this after 9-11, perhaps not exactly the same as this situation, but we did it then, we can do it again. My second piece of advice would be to, and, and we've mentioned this a little bit earlier, But the second piece of advice would be to strategically target and use government procurement to stimulate the economy. We should be energizing now all government departments, but especially PSP, C, and D&D, to not only process, but to expedite already funded programs, expedite those RFPs, expedite those contracts. Hundreds, maybe thousands of companies in Canada, coast to coast, would have a short-term benefit from that. Excellent. Thanks, Pat. Keith, to end off with you, any final words? Certainly. I'm going to quote an aerospace industry CEO of late. This quote was just a couple days ago. And they said, everything is dependent on people flying. That's the driver for the entire ecosystem. And what our government has to realize We need their support with Transport Canada and and the airlines and the airports to get people flying again. But we must make sure that we don't stop there. A bit of an altruistic look at it is our government must see and believe the Canadian aerospace industry is a competitive advantage for our country. It's it's jobs, it's green technology, it's it's export, it's innovation. When they focus on that, it's going to hit STEM jobs, it's pan-Canadian, it's advanced manufacturing. It hits all the social and economic triggers. 
So the good news is, is we have a blueprint already. That's both the combination of the recent letter we did send to the prime minister and certainly the Vision 2025 document, if you will, is, is the blueprint. It's already there. And we have committees at the, on the AIC working on this. So we are not starting from scratch. That is the good news. So my advice to the government is try to recognize it in your speeches and policies and budgets, but fully recognize that the industry is well-prepared and well on its way with very practical and I think big, pragmatic solution to get us there. And this is going to, and so when I go back to the, you know, the driver for the ecosystem, yes, we got to get people flying, but that's just the start. Thanks, Mike. Excellent. Thanks, Keith. We do have the plan and we just need that willing partner in government. That was a great discussion and your insights are very timely. I want to thank you all for your time and your commitment to our industry here in Canada. As was mentioned, these are very challenging times for the industry and we're seeing the impacts of COVID-19 again today and some of the tough decisions that our companies are having to make with respect to the new economic realities that this has brought. And we want to continue to be the high quality employers and job creators. But in order to do that, we need the government to partner with us on a sector strategy. And I think everyone can agree that's been made very clear from our industry leaders here. So I would echo your call to government. Work with us on a strategy to ensure we remain world leaders and contribute to the post-COVID-19 recovery. There's just too much at stake. That's a wrap for this episode. And thanks for listening. Please check out AIC.ca for more information, or if you would like to join AIC to be part of the conversation.